Podcast fam, David Patterson is a pastor of a church that meets in the Hale Village Center, which is where he and his wife, Jan Patterson, lived for 15 years. They felt that there was a need to have a place for people to gather with friends, meet a neighbor for coffee, or just get some work done. Jan had been working at the Chamber of Commerce for eight years when they decided to take the plunge and open patty cakes in the Hale Village Center in 2011. In 2020, they opened their second location in the Tioga Town Center. Today, they have 29 employees and are thriving at both of their locations. Hear why these two are all about coffee, cupcakes, and community in today's episode, episode 166 of the WHOA GNV Podcast. You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast for you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. I am your host, Colin Austin, and today, you guys, I want to give special love to my friends over at Liquid Creative Studios. Those of you who have been longtime listeners know that Sarah Lentz, who works with our team, has been gone all summer long. You also probably know that I am currently, let, let me try to count these off, I'm the general manager, I'm the HR department, <laughs> I am the customer service manager, I'm the head janitor over at New Scooters for Less right now, so I barely had enough time to record this show, let alone prep it for the interwebs. So the team at Liquid Creative has been awesome. They stepped up big time to help me upload and prep all of the content going out to make sure that it's going out on time. It's a really big job. I don't think you really understand how big it is until you start doing it, and I think they probably regret it a little bit. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we'll help you, no problem. Uh, so I just want to give them a lot of love for uh, for helping us. And so, so many, many thanks to Liquid Creative for all of their help. Be sure to check them out at liquidcreativestudio.com. Their team also writes the incredible articles and show summaries on a ton of our guests in the business report. So be sure to check out those articles by visiting gainesvillebizreport.com. Again, that's GainesvilleBizReport.com. So much love to Liquid Creative Studios for continuing to uh, help us get these out on the interwebs. Appreciate you guys for everything that you did for me this summer. And uh, you guys, I'm excited for this episode. Today on the show, we have Jan and David Patterson, owners of Patty Cakes, a coffee and cupcake shop with not one, but two locations right here in Gainesville, Florida, baby. You guys, (laughs) welcome to my show. Thanks. Thanks for having us. This um, is fun. My pleasure. I'm excited to dive into the story a little bit. So let's let's start there. Like, tell me how you guys started Patty Cakes and and even kind of like what got you to Gainesville. Are you guys from Gainesville? Like, give it give it to me. <laughs> um, we're not from Gainesville. We're actually both Atlanta natives. Okay. We were high school sweethearts. Um, we've been married um, 41 and a half years. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. And we came to Gainesville in 1987 for his work. And he was working, I don't know if you may be too young to remember the battery plant that was off of 441. Yeah, so I didn't get to Gainesville until 2000. Oh, okay. so, so that's definitely before my time. It was on its way out by then. So <laughs> okay. anyway. It was, still, it was still going, but it was definitely on its last breath uh, yeah. by, by then. That's when I, I ended up leaving. So yeah. So it was Energizer. But that's why, okay, that's why you guys came to Gainesville. That's, that's yeah. what brought us to Gainesville. All right. Also what sent us away for four years, because yeah. the plant closed and he took another job back in Atlanta. So I'm an engineer, and I I worked on designing equipment, automation equipment, and stuff, and robotics, and lots of cool things. And um, anyway, so that's what brought us here. 
Side note, he has a patent, which I think is super cool. Yeah. <laughs> on a robot arm. But anyway, okay. I digress. That's for, <laughs> that's for another podcast. Oh, I was like, oh, um, okay. Anyway, yeah. so then we were in Atlanta and uh, he started going to seminary just to learn and uh, got, got a call from, you know, from God to come down here and back here and plant a church. So that was in 2005 that we moved back here. So we were gone for a little over four years and okay. came back and we've been here ever since. And then we opened Patty Cakes in 2011, the first one in the Hale Village Center. We were living in the Village Center and had our church there. It meets in the Village Center and there just seemed like a lack of of a place for people to gather that wasn't a restaurant, you know, where people could come and hang out and not be rushed and it not be loud. They could, you know, have a, a meeting for work or have a Bible study or a book club or, you know, mom's, you know, getting coffee, whatever. So we just felt like we were lacking some place that people could connect. Like it, it was, it's a very transient, you know, people move in and out a lot. So people don't know their neighbors. So we wanted, wanted people to meet their neighbors. And so we're like, Okay, let's do this. Not a lot of forethought, not a lot of planning, no five-year plan, no savings. Just kind of out of the blue? We were just, well, we had thought about it. We'd marinated on it for a few years. Our daughter had worked um, in in college and then right out of college for a company in Atlanta that was a, a coffee company that was working with Kenyan coffee growers. And we learned that coffee's like an amazing uh, natural resource in the countries that can grow it and it can really help their economy. So. Anyway, so we got interested in coffee that way. Then there was the cupcake trend, and um, so we're just jumping on we're trends. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our, our, our daughter was like, she kept it. She was the first one in our family to have an iPhone, and so everywhere we go, she was like, "Oh, let's find some cupcakes." And so we're like, "Oh, these two things seem great together." And um, yeah, so we thought, "Well, we'll do this," and then a space opened up, and we had no business plan. We still don't have. Um, and (laughs) Uh, well more than none Um, so a spot opened up in the village center Um, we jumped on it and okay let's do this like we we opened like five hours a day we had three employees and it just grew like people were like wait why are you closing so early we want to come and so then you know we quickly added another employee and added hours and it just grew like people wanted it and we had we couldn't have imagined that it would have been that successful and popular with people so yeah people are addicted <laughs> no. especially to our red velvet that's awesome. that's awesome i think i think one thing you you miss a little bit is uh she was working at the chamber of commerce here oh, and yeah. and so you were working around a lot of entrepreneurs and i think mm-hmm. you you had a little bit of a bug i remember us talking about that and and um so in this whole thing about boy it'd be nice if we had a coffee shop you know, everybody's looking for that third place, right? And so coffee shops kind of have become that third place for a lot of people. And um, so, I, you know, I have a day job, so it wasn't gonna be me jumping in there. So she she had a, a little bit more of an interest in doing that than continuing with the chamber stuff, so. Well, I, I worked for the chamber for eight years. Um, the second time we lived in Gainesville, the first time we lived there here, I worked there four years. So 12 years at the chamber and loved that job. I really loved that job. I was the director of the Leadership Gainesville program. And that afforded me a lot of contacts 
And I think that's why we had such great initial success was because of those people. I mean, Gainesville is such a great community to yeah. support its own. And so that community really came around us and helped us you know, get the word out. And we obviously had zero marketing budget. So <laughs> it was word of mouth and social media. And so that community really came around us and, and helped us uh, get the word out and grow. And yeah, so. And I'll put a little plug into the church community and the church. Oh, absolutely! Not our just church, our own, our, not just our own church, us, which yeah, yeah support us. But you know, I know a lot of pastors in the area. That What's the church? It's called River Cross Church. Okay, and um, it meets right in uh, the town center of the Hell Village Center. And um, and you've we, been in that for, for how long? We started there, so sixteen years ago. Sixteen years ago. Yeah, right when we moved back, two thousand five. Oh, okay. And. Um, so are you still doing like the 20, engineering uh, stuff? Had like no? twenty people. <laughs> no, no, no. So I, that was I, that was your primary. Like being an engineer was your primary form of you know living, right? For how long? Um, well, I uh, I went to Georgia Tech, graduated in eighty three, and uh, up until uh, two thousand five, um, okay. that was it. So it was like really when you started the church is when everything shifted. Mm -hmm. There was no juggling both this of those is things. Yeah. First preacher job. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, we just sort of. Sold. I mean, tell me. Can, I mean, can you tell me a little bit about that? From like, I mean, being at in Atlanta and like feeling this call to like to come back to Gainesville and plant a church. I mean, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty big loud. Hey, I want you to do this from God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, God speaking mm -hmm. into your life. Like. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. I, you know, I think I, I think you know a lot of ways we we talk about, you know, this is what I felt was my calling and, and stuff. I mean, you hear that at least in the church world. And, uh, but for me, it was, I just couldn't let it go. I kept trying to say no. And I mean, it was over a period of close to a year that I was like, no, that's not it. But it just kept happening and it kept coming. And, and then, um, in what way? Uh, well, one, just my, uh, so, Back in my engineering days, let's just go back real quickly. I had a passion for designing equipment and stuff, and I loved it. And I started losing my passion for the business world. And this passion started shifting into the church world. And I just had this passion that, and so I had been away from the church. Actually, when we were in Gainesville, we didn't go to church for most of the time. And I had a this passion for, there's a lot of people out there that would go to a church if they just knew that there was a place that they wouldn't be judged and yelled at and all kinds of things that I had in my mind about church. And so we're an incredibly simple, laid back church. And most of the people that go to our church were in one way or another, not disenfranchised with the church, with the, the organized church. We don't have a big show. We don't do, a, you know, a lot of, you know, get you excited type of thing. We, we just, you know, say, hey, God's very important, and eternity's very important, and let's just, uh, let's meet and become a community together and stuff, and so we, you know, got close to around 200, 250 people that, um, you know, that's kind of their, their story. Was and there something that like so, really- oh, yeah, Back to the calling, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. I, I kind of dropped off. So, but that passion to help reach those people, because I just didn't feel like the, the churches I'd been involved with were, and I don't want to say that we're so super different, but it's just that we we have this sort of different approach to to the way that we we look at it. And so that passion just kept on for like over a year. The, I, I just kept hearing. I felt like the Lord saying, "I want you to go and start this." So now, fast forward to Thanksgiving of two thousand four. Um, we were down, her parents used to live in Ocala, um, and I talked to somebody that I knew here in Gainesville that was a part of the church that we had been in. And as we got talking, it turned out that there was a group of people that actually wanted to 
start a church, but they didn't have a pastor. And so we began talking and it just seemed like God sort of put all that together real quickly. And so here we were six months later, um, let's sell everything and pack up the bags and go down and see what this is all about. Right, so Jan, how did that go? <laughs> I kept saying, but you were just going to seminary to learn. She keeps using air quotes, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, to learn. Well, but, uh, but that so, was true. Yeah, so that was Thanksgiving. He had that conversation of 2004, and we had our first service in February of 2005, which, as I'm thinking about it, sounds a little bit like how we started our business. Like, we don't, we don't think long and hard. We, we hear God and we jump in, you know? So, not that we're, you know, super holy, obedient people, but... I'm just sort of put that together like we I wonder if that's a trend with faith-based entrepreneurs you know it's, it's just like just like having this like uh, you know like I, I, I know like God's calling me to do this he's got this he'll figure it out let me go like I'll do it no. <laughs> you know possibly, so I wonder if it's that versus possibly. the people who because planting a church most people who plant a church spend a long time building a core group and researching you know demographics and all that sort of stuff which we didn't do we just we we knew we knew this town yeah. and we loved this town and so that was enough. But then I think opening patty cakes was so much a part of our faith that I think we did kind of feel like yeah we're supposed to do this and we did just jump in. And so that was 2011. And you've been you know you've had the church since 2005. So I mean obviously you said your background like working with the chamber definitely helps with the connections and you have the church. So I mean was it I mean instant community when it came to patty cakes. Pretty, pretty instant. Um, yeah. I mean, I look back at the pictures of our um, ribbon cutting when we opened, and th- like all of my, uh, so many of my chamber friends that were there, leadership Gainesville friends that were there, and uh, you know, cheering us on, and kept coming back. And so, but then also in those same pictures is our church family. Yeah. So very yeah. cool. And so now, oh. oh, go ahead. I was just say one of the things that we've maybe evolved into, I don't know that we were very definitive about it at the beginning, but we definitely are much more this way now as we're very uh, divided in our task and responsibilities. And and so when you see Patty Cakes, this is her, this is Jan. She's she's had the vision for the way it looks, what we, how it's presented, how we treat customers, how we treat employees. I mean, she's just, she's done great at all of that. I'm a very business oriented person, even though I'm a pastor, I, I still have a very, strong business knowledge and understanding and stuff and so follow the, the books and look at trends and hold her back when she wants to spend money <laughs> that kind of thing um and and so for the first two to three years it, it was uh, it was not real profitable i mean it was it was um it was holding its own, but but it definitely wasn't. I mean, we definitely went through some months, particularly in the summer, where it was okay. We got to put a little bit of money in, into this, and and um, you know, we we took on some debt, and you know, it took us a little while to kind of you know work navigate through some of that. But um, somewhere in the two to three year range, we started seeing a consistent profitable uh, performance uh, from from the village, and so that was. Uh, that that kind of was the turning point where we were like, okay, this is now going to continue on because that was, was three years later. Or like, yeah, about, probably probably close to the three year mark. Um, but 
the first couple of years, you know, there's still maybe a little, and we had a very unique situation. The space we were taking over was kind of in a transition, and so we had it a little less expensive than it would have than it than it turned out to be, and, and so a lot of things sort of lined up for us to to be able to hobble along a little bit. Um, but I think as as uh, her and her team really began to develop the uh, culture that was there. And now you start, for, for us anyway, I think you've got to have a, a core business group of, of people that are coming in regularly, uh, at least once a week, in, in order for it to be a sustainable thing. If you're relying on that one-time customer to come every few months or whatever, it's, it's really, really hard to do that in a coffee shop situation. I mean, we're talking about, you know, the average ticket price is seven, eight bucks or, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, so you, you can't, you, you can't rely on just getting new customers all the time. And so um, it took, I think, two to three years to get that initial core of faithful customers coming to us. And um, and again, that's her. She, she makes people feel special when they come in the door. <laughs> and and our, our employees are trained mm-hmm, to do that. They're, mm-hmm. they're trained to get to know the customers. If, 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 if they have an opportunity to talk to the customers, that's fine. The dishes can wait. You know that kind of attitude has always been there, and um, and so it took a few years to kind of. I mean, I don't know if you know about the Village Center, but mm-hmm. it's kind of tucked away off by itself, and and you you didn't have to do that. Now, fast forward to when we started Tioga, it already had that um, walking traffic, that knowledge of where it was. We opened the doors, and now customers were ready to be loyal right off the bat. We didn't have to put in the hours and stuff to to kind of develop it as much. Now, it continues to grow just like the village does, but it, it had a initial core group of loyal customers pretty pretty fast. So was that the, I mean, knowing that you had that already, is that like what led to the decision to, to open up that location? Like what, what made you guys want to do that several years later? Do you know Nick Banks? I do. <laughs> He's like, oh my gosh, this will be a great place for patty cakes. Well, Get in here. He, if if I can, like, in the middle of our history between the village and the current very successful town of Tioga, we had a another business, another location on the Bo Diddley Plaza for a few years. Nick got us into that one, and um, well, he opened the door for us, and then we we sold the city on ourselves. Anyway. Lovely building, just a lot of things that didn't make it economically successful. Um, had a great team, had great customers, just didn't, just it didn't make money. And you know, there's there's a saying in business that if you're going to fail, you should fail quickly. Mm-hmm. And we should have failed more quickly. And that was my fault. I was very sentimentally attached to the place and the employees. And he, being the books person, was like. Uh, this isn't working. So, how long did it take you to make that decision? A year. Well, uh, things were moving in the right direction for the first year, but then after the first year, we could see a, a decline starting to happen. That it, I say decline, it was uh, it was not increasing in the in the pace that it needed to, and it just had sort of plateaued off, and even began to trail off a little bit. Uh, some of that was some competition downtown. Um, we had terrible Wi-Fi. The city didn't do a very good job of putting in infrastructure for us. And so a lot of our customers were going to places where they could actually get Wi-Fi that was decent. Um, 
But I think one of the big things too is we just didn't have a lot of inside seating. And um, when you, if you were to, to track our business revenue with uh, the Almanac, you would have seen great days, great sales performance. Bad days, terrible. <laughs> and so Gainesville has a lot of good days, but not that many great days. And so, but the outside seating around the plaza was fantastic. And so it'd be flooded with people. Uh, but on those bad days, man, we were just sitting there twiddling our thumbs. And so um, that, that, I mean, that's a very simplified version of, of some of the systemic problems that we, we were faced with. And I recognized that about as we were approaching year two, I, I started to realize that that was happening. And uh, that's when I told her and I said, we, we need to really try to figure out an exit strategy. And we had a lease problem, our lease situation we had to, had to you know, work through and some other things. So it was not, it was not easy, but we finally after about three and a half years, we, um, we were able to, to do that. Can you give us some um, insight into how you handled that? Because I, I gotta think that, you know, I mean, look, a lot of businesses have struggled with COVID. There's a lot of people who are, you know, unfortunately closing down locations or closing down their businesses and maybe they're in a five-year lease but they're only on year two you know i think that could be very valuable as to like how you guys approach that um well again i think it's an analysis you you have to analyze what the business is doing and and recognize that there's reasons behind why it was plateauing and starting to trail off and sure and then as you as i started realizing this weather condition situation, and then you couple that with the problems of parking down there and uh, the Wi-Fi problems that, again, are systemic problems, you start realizing that these things are not things you're gonna overcome. And so when you identify that and you say, well, we can't enlarge the building, we can't solve the parking problems. I talked with the city plenty of times about there's a two hour parking limit down there that they don't enforce. And so everybody comes and fills up the parking spaces. So you get, you don't have any parking. And then the weather, I mean, there's definitely, I mean, as much as my data job, I should be praying for good weather, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe I have, <laughs> some people think we have, I have a little more influence in that than I do. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. It didn't. Uh, it didn't play out uh, quite that well. Uh, so for the downtown, but uh, yeah, I mean, looking back on it, if we had you know understood going into it that we needed to have more seating space, we probably in the design phase of the building probably could have made some adjustments. But by this time, everything was locked in, and there really wasn't any way to grow it. So is it is the property the city's? Yeah. Okay. So did you have to negotiate like a buyout of the lease? Like we had to. Yeah. So there were some clauses in there for us to be able to get out of the lease, but there was also some clauses in there for. I mean, not clauses. There was conversation that we had with them, and we were able to actually get someone to sublease from us. Okay. And so, um, but unfortunately, right after that sublease hit is when COVID hit. Because right. that happened in 2019. <laughs> and so they were just getting up and going, and then COVID hit. And they had to close just, up too. It, I mean, it, it crippled them. It would have definitely crippled us too. Um, but, uh, you know, thankfully, we're able to again talk talk through that. And, and you know, the, the city had some financial support from the federal government for things like that to happen. And so, fortunately, we were able to, you know, step aside. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was very tricky uh, okay. to deal with that. But, Again, your question about how, uh, I think you just, you have to be realistic in analyzing what's happening and understand are the problems that are causing this things that you could do anything about? <laughs> and if they are, how much are they gonna cost? Because sometimes it could be 
yeah, we can fix it, but it's, I mean, like for instance, the internet problem, Mm -hmm. we could have paid $10,000 to Grucom and they would have brought us a fiber optic line in. (laughs) Well, we didn't have $10,000 to put into a fiber optic line. So that was not a um, economical solution to, to the problem, to that particular problem. Um, so anyway, that's that's kind of my, my my view on it. But thankfully, like I said, we were able to get out of it. And then we were kind of still hurting from that. And I don't know if you want to tell the story, but Nick called her and said, hey. Got I got another location. I got another. <laughs> that's why I said he was in today, by the way. Um, Nick's got five locations for you, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Ten more this is on it. the list. Yeah, yeah we're coming. Um, yeah, so he got in touch with me again, and he says, so Starbucks is moving out of the Tioga Town Center, and would you be interested? And I laughed, and I was like, no way. he'll never go for it. <laughs> David will never go for this. I love it. And I really don't want to either. And so we sat down and talked to him, and we talked to um, other people that are involved at Tioga, and... I don't know. We did it. We, we said somehow. Well, tell him you came to me said, and said. Yes. I, she she yes. said she came to me and said. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but she said, <laughs> "I know you're not going to want to do this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, or something like that." And uh, I I said, "What are you talking about?" And then that's what she told me. And and my reaction to her was surprising to you, right? Yeah, he was like, "That's a great idea." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I did. I said. Well, I said, "Wait a minute. Let's not uh, throw it out." And and here's the simple reason. All the problems that we had in the downtown were not problems out there. And also, the community out there is very much like the community in the Hell Village Center. Right. So, from a model standpoint, it yeah, made sense. I mean, it's a much better match than what we were trying to do downtown. Downtown was all, a, a, you know, it went against a lot of the things that, I mean, not against, but it, it was a, a different environment and different setup than what we were used to. I mean, my first question would have been like, well, what's happening to Starbucks? Well, we knew that they were going to all drive-through models. Uh, so and they're, so like, they're they basically getting away building. from that. They had already started building down, you know, in Jonesville. Oh, they're, so is there another one down there now? Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't been so they'd already well. started building that. They hadn't even actually, I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying all this, exited their lease when we started talking to Tioga. <laughs> but um, clearly they weren't going to have, like the, the other shops not even a mile away. So I don't uh, think it was a big secret. Uh, Starbucks... 15 years ago came out and said they're only going they're emphasizing start or drive through models just like you know chick-fil-a said we're going to go to standalone instead of mall chick-fil-a's you know they right. they made that decision well, starbucks did kind of a similar thing and saying we're going to do drive-throughs but if you look around gainesville i mean all over gainesville on the northwest side of hunter's crossing they, yeah they built one out there they moved that one yep. and, and built one uh, even this one here on 13th. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Same which thing. Same, nice same, exact, which I mean, same they're probably getting to the point because they probably own the property too. Yeah. I mean, they, they're buying the property, building, and then they own own the property. Which well, is, most of these, I think they were leasing just like they were at Tioga. Uh, they had like, you know. But I mean, the new, oh, the the new, new ones, yes. the new ones, they're yes. probably going away from the leases that they had and other, I think you you're know, right. and then owning mm-hmm. their own, uh, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm sure it is. But I can tell you, they're, strategy is simple they want to pump out lattes and hand them out the window and For get sure. on your way you know and and that's great i mean it's if your name's starbucks you can do that all day long and that's why there's long lines at it if you're patty cakes there we wouldn't have that kind of line there anyway but 
we're more about wanting the community side. You know, we we want to get to know you, right? <laughs> and so, I, I think there's you know just a different approach to that. And but we're we're obviously not going to generate the revenues that a Starbucks is. I, I guarantee you, their revenue per hour is consistently higher than ours. <laughs> you know, whatever whatever it is, even though we sell a few more products, um, you know, I'm sure that they're probably. Uh, you know, I mean, when you just look at the the uh, a Starbucks, you go in, you see the how populated it is, how busy it is. Um, you, you go, wow, these this this is really crank out. You can go into either one of our stores at certain times of the day and not see anybody there for you know ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah, I would say, I mean, complete outside perspective. I, I feel like Starbucks says. I would say like what you guys have now is kind of what Starbucks used to be, right? That's, that's and then and then with growth and with mm-hmm. scale, it becomes and like shareholders, right? Like they're not private, like so you know this this a uh, you know this trying trying to meet these particular demands and goals and mm-hmm. you know shareholder uh, goals and that kind of thing. I'm sure it has a huge impact on that. I mean, I, I, they try to keep the feel right, right? Mm-hmm. They try to have like. Obviously, it's not franchise, but like that franchise type feel. Every every single one looks and operates the same, right? But what you guys have really created is is community. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you're going for. Like mm-hmm. you said, you want the same people to come in every week, and you really count on those people coming in all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it's completely different. But we're also talking like you know small business to small corporate, local. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which which people like. I mean. That's one of the reasons, like, why we wanted to do this show is because, mm-hmm. like, we love small business. We love the local mom, you know, mom and pop shops. Like, that's what we love. Uh, so it's, you know, yeah. corporate. Well, there, there's a need for corporate stuff yeah. out yeah, there, sure, but sure. And we've always said, without Starbucks, there wouldn't be a patty cakes. Interesting. Like we, I, I never would have had a latte if Starbucks wasn't so available there they opened the one downtown i was working at the chamber we were renting space in the sun center at the time and they opened that one you know there on the corner by the hippodrome yeah and man i was there you know three times a week till he started saying look at all these credit card charges to starbucks <laughs> but um anyway so that was my first experience with a coffee shop with a, a latte like not drip coffee and i was like this is really good so that's when I first started my journey into like enjoying something besides drip coffee. So I'll, we've said that a lot. Without Starbucks, we wouldn't have, you know, they've, they've opened the whole world's eyes to yeah. other drinks besides drip coffee. So. so, I mean, with like going through COVID and everything, I mean, obviously that, that had to be a huge... <laughs> what? <laughs> we'll just, what are you talking about? Exactly. So, I mean... <laughs> you know, the importance of community to get through something mm-hmm. like that, right? Oh man, our customers, our customers were so generous. So we we never closed, okay. um, we reduced our hours. Um, we had to increase staff to follow all the new protocols that we were um, had implemented. But our customers uh, showed up and tipped like crazy. Mm-hmm. And it really helped our employees, you know, the ones that were getting fewer hours to like really amp up their their pay because they were because the tips were incredible. Like our customers were our community was incredibly generous during that time. They were, you know, when we went to masks, they were 
99% very supportive and uh, thanking us for the fact that they felt safe coming in. And they said, you know, when you can have us back inside, we'll be back. And they came back and have continued to be supportive. And, and we picked up a lot of new customers in Hale during the, because we had not opened Tioga. When, when did Tioga open? Halloween of 2020. Okay. October 31st. So I kind of want to hear like yeah. <laughs> this so, whole mentality of, so, oh, there's a pandemic happening. Let's start another. Let's, let's open a new business. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I, mean, I, think, I mean, were you guys even concerned about, you know, COVID and its impact and, you know, jumping into something like that? Oh, during, sure. during that time? Oh, I mean, sure. But again. I feel like most people probably would have said, okay, I'm going to, I like, I like it, but like, let me kind of see how this is going to play out. I well, mean, we didn't want to miss the opportunity, first of all, because someone was going to snap up that location. If we, if it wasn't us, it was going to be someone and we did not want to miss that. Okay. Also, uh, we had, we had done okay. Like during the pandemic, the worst of it, like I said, we never closed. We, we went to, you know, we, got an app so we could do curbside delivery. We, you know, one customer was coming in at a time, you know, all those things and everyone, they were all great about it. So we, you know, it was okay. Like we did okay. We weren't. A really interesting side to this too. Um, she's right. I mean, if you look at uh, month by month and you compare them year to year, which is what I do all the time. And uh, March, and, March and April were not great. Um, March when it hit and then April when we were trying to figure out what was going on. She and the team put together uh, the app and uh, actually it was our son who was a big part of making that happen um, and started doing this curbside service and everything. And before you know it, May actually was pretty close equivalent to what May of 2019 was. And then we went into the summer and we saw uh, June, July, and August actually were better than they were in 2019 in 2020. So there was, um, from an analytical standpoint, the, the increases there and now is that from the pivot from the convenience well you know, first of like all they made it possible for it to happen but secondly there were uh, a couple of coffee shops that closed down okay which you know we don't like to see anybody go out of business but they did and and so their customers started coming and believe it or not starbucks shut down uh ahead of this they shut down in in march and so which was this incredible blessing that came about because a number of people started coming from Tioga to us hearing that we were open. And so some of the new customers we started, and then we told them, by the way, we're gonna go over there. They said, oh, really? So now they were already familiar with us because they had been sort of forced to come to us because Starbucks had closed down. So we had this built in. And so when we went in November and or end of October, if you look at November, we actually had a decrease in hail because in the Village Center because about 10% of that business had relocated over to Tioga, which was great because we needed that core over there. Uh, but I mean, it wasn't anything planned, it just happened that way. Uh, but of course, all of that's recovered and settled out and everything since then. But uh, yeah, we actually had a nice little boost and you could you could definitely say at least 10 to 20% of that boost was because of other businesses being closed around us that um, you know kind of pushed some business our way. Another reason is people were lonely. Like people mm-hmm. were bored. They were working from home. They weren't seeing other humans other than you know on their computer screen. And we were friendly faces for them to come and see the people that they already knew and were familiar with. So I think that was a lot of it too. People wanted to go somewhere. They would like peek around in the door <laughs> and they'd go, you're open? 
Like, can we come in? And so that was a big part of it. Again, because we've always been about building community, people were like, oh, there's my people. I can go see them. And, you know, they can't hang out because we couldn't have indoor seating. But they were... They were just happy to see someone yeah. that wasn't on a computer screen. So I think that was a big part of it too. It's awesome. So wh- where are we going now? I mean, <laughs> third, third location in the works, or is it? <laughs> no, it is, it is uh, not. Like so do you hear me, Nick Banks? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm turning sixty in November, and he's sixty. One. One. <laughs> Sorry. How long have you guys been married? Um, 41 <laughs> and a half years. Um, anyway, it. so we were super young when we got married, obviously. But, you know, we're kind of on the other side of things. Like, I love this, but I'm really happy with what That's I've got, got. That's awesome. with these two locations. It keeps me real busy. I have amazing employees. The, the people managing each location are amazing. And we're in a really good place and I just kind of want to you know yeah keep it really healthy and grow what we've got but you know we've learned a lot and I want to I want to have time to apply that yeah. I listen and there's, to there's, I'm sorry there there really in Gainesville are only two locations that are like what we're in between the town center in Tioga and the village center in Ale and um it, it it it's what works for us, and so trying to find where that would be someplace else, which I don't think exists, is would not probably work that great for us. So that's I mean that's another sort of simple answer to it. Yeah, not to say that rolling up your sleeves and getting after it and all that kind of stuff is, but you know the other thing is, and and this is another pat on her back. She's involved in both of those locations. I mean, at some point you can't be involved that much in how many locations. And so she's already, you know, getting to the point where it it can be kind of tiring. Now we've got some great people and that's wonderful, but still she's there encouraging them, supporting them, loving on the customers. Uh, You know, our regular customers at both locations know her really well. (laughs) I'm scooping ice cream, I'm pulling shots. I mean. so COVID is, is, is rearing its ugly head again, as you know. So we're now back to that point where either an employee has it or they've been exposed and they're having a quarantine. A majority of the staff is, is vaccinated, but still you can get it. Um, so we're kind of back there. So today was one of those days that I was you know, up early and I had to go cover for you know people who who were quarantining. So yeah. you know we're kind of back to that stage. So I had listened to one of the, your podcasts when you're talking to um, Paul and Kristen Prevett, and you said, "Do you are you to the point of working on the business? Or are you still working in the business?" Mm-hmm. And I want to work on it. Yeah, you know, I want to get to that place to work on it and not so much in it. And I think you shared that that's kind of where you were as well. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we're getting there. Well, if we can get past, if we can have no more pandemics, we could get there. But it's like I kind of want to. I want to get to that point, you know. Like now, I've, I've under, I understand what our customers want, what our lane is, and the importance of staying in our lane, and and we and we're really good at it. Yeah. So I want to. I want to enjoy that for a little while. Yeah. Well, and and you know, one of the things that we started with here was talking about how important local businesses are to a community, and and. Uh, we're thankful Gainesville really loves to support local businesses we've found. Mm-hmm. But if you keep growing, you no longer keep your local business quite as strong, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it becomes 
a little watered, uh, watered down. down. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and so that's that's I think another way of of looking at it. But um, I'm so fascinated by like you know following God's God's calling, mm-hmm. right? Like when He says to do this, and you listen and you do it, right? Even in that show, like Kristen had asked me, okay, like so you know when you ask God things like does does he answer mm-hmm. and I was kind of and at first I said no and I was like well you know he does but in in ways that it's not like me hearing him speak directly into right. my ear right? right and and I think that's that's the thing because like I mean what's what's so crazy I, and I know I've done uh, in the John Spence episode I got very transparent like talking about you know everything that's happened over the last year and a half and you know even in even today you know I was I was reviewing the numbers for July and I'm like, man, like it's crazy because I had put all of this out there, all of these options, and I really wanted to see what was going to play out. And then finally, I get to that point where, you know, in you know, in March, April, I'm like, okay, God, I get it, I trust you. I I, I don't know why, but it's very apparent that none of these other options are playing out. This is what you want me to do. I don't really understand it, but I'm going to do it. And man. I, I think we're gonna have the best year we've ever had. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like looking at the numbers and I'm like, oh my god, we just had we had the best June we've ever had, ever. And June the best should not July. be a good month. I had the best July we've ever had. That's awesome. And I'm like, this is. I was like, this is great. And like, I think it just goes to show when you, when you do turn it all over and you do just kind of surrender everything, mm-hmm. how you know how you know God will work. Mm-hmm. You know because yeah. I mean up like. Through March, we had we were making no money. Like we were living on the PPP, wow. and I ain't even told yeah. my team. I'm like, we have enough PPP to get through the end of April, and it was like getting to the end of April and then realizing, okay, none of this is playing out. This is what I feel like I'm being called to do. I'm gonna get on the show floor. You know, April, 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 May, well, June. Like those months are not typical profitable no. months for us. They're kind of like the preparation months mm-hmm. for August, which is. Mm-hmm. I mean, ever since ever since I made that, you know that definitely had the surrender. I mean, we've made money every month, even yes. in months that are typically not profitable. And I I'm like, that. I love that so I'm much. Like, okay, well, you obviously know what you're doing up there. <laughs> Let me yeah. just uh, get he, out of he your does. way. He, he does. It's so, amazing. Yeah. It's so it's amazing. gonna be, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's gonna be super interesting to see how everything plays out because you know I want to continue doing these, you mm-hmm. know, doing these interviews. I want to continue doing this and. But I'm like, okay, well, if I got to be on the showroom floor from 9.30 to 5.30 and do these at 7.30 at night, yeah, that's what I'll do if that's what it means, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. uh, it's gonna be interesting to watch it play out. But I, I appreciate you guys coming on and telling your story. It's super interesting to hear it. And I wish you the most success. And I continue to, I can't wait to see the third location pop up when <laughs> when you're, she's over here saying, oh, it's never gonna happen. <laughs> and we'll see it pop up. And uh, Well, it's just like you said, though, I mean, if we feel like that's where the Lord's calling us. You'll do it. You're gonna listen. I mean, yeah. Because I, I was it, saying no to Tioga, yeah. and he was saying. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you always have to hold everything, your plans with open hands if, if the Lord's involved. And, and it's one of the things that I, I preach all the time. And so if I don't listen to it, what's the point? I mean, you know, you're, you're, you've got to walk the talk. You know? Yeah, Colin, if you've gotten me into a third location, 
<laughs> no. Uh, Open hands. Yeah, yeah. Answer is no. When, but, when, when the episode releases and you start getting text messages, oh, mm-hmm. I've got the location for you. <laughs> yeah, here we go. It'll be Nick well, Banks. Tell our audience where they can connect with you, where they can find you guys. Like where? So obviously we said where the locations right. are located, but I mean website. It sounds right, like you have so, an app as well. Right. So if you on the app store, look up Patty Cakes. Look okay. for our little. Um, icon that's a cupcake and a, co- and a cup of coffee and then our we're very active on instagram patty cakes gnv also on on facebook the uh, everything's rolled into one on the instagram we have separate accounts for the two locations on facebook um our website is patty cakes gnv.com and i think that's it wow. i mean we probably need to get into tiktok but we're and not the there church yet. Rivercrosschurch.com. Yeah. Awesome. Pretty easy. Yeah. All one word. Yeah. Very cool. We we don't we don't do as We're much social. Fancy. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do a lot of social. It's very social laid media. back, very easy. Very easy. And usually you'll find me hanging out over in the village center anyway, so most of the time that's where people bump it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, again, you guys, thank you so much for coming in. And James Leitner, who sets all of this up, you guys, mad love to him. Thanks, James, for all of your hard work. And podcast fan, remember that that you can get links to all of our sponsors in the show notes. Um, so definitely you know, hit up the sponsors that make this episode possible. Um, all of their contact information will be in the show notes as well. And, uh, and I'm talking about Patty Cakes. <laughs> we'll have links to their stuff as well. And of course, all of the sponsors are at whoagnv.com slash sponsor. Sponsors. So please support these businesses that make this show possible. Uh, and when you do, be sure to say, I heard you on the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we will see you later. Bye. Mm-hmm.